0: Hi, everyone. Before we get started with this week's episode of the Ostrom Update, I wanted to let you know that CIDRAP is commemorating its 20th anniversary this year. Since its inception in 2001, our team has created what is now a globally renowned center tackling the world's toughest challenges in infectious disease and public policy, including COVID-19, Ebola virus, Zika, antibiotic resistance, universal flu vaccines, and drug supply shortages. In celebration of this milestone anniversary and to ensure we're able to continue our important work into the future, Christy Walton has pledged a 4 million dollar challenge to complete a 10 million dollar fundraising campaign. A 1 dollar match will be made for every 2 dollars donated, helping to build a solid endowment to support Sidrap's work. Please visit sidrap.umn.edu/donate and thank you. And now to this week's episode of the Ostrom Update. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Ostrom Update Podcast. For this Thanksgiving Shortened Work Week, we wanted to provide you with what is essentially a mini episode of the podcast, where we'll be focusing mainly on the COVID-19 situation here in the United States in advance of the holiday. We hope this will provide you with the information you need if you're preparing to travel or gather with family and friends. But as we always do, we'll start first with Dr. Ostrom's opening comments and dedication.
1: Thanks, Chris. Uh, And welcome back to all of you for this edition of the podcast. Uh, We had planned on taking this week off uh, with Thanksgiving uh, some time ago, but realized that there is an urgent need right now to provide an updated uh, situational report, given what's happening here in the United States. Uh, I wish it were different, uh, but it's not. In that regard, I also want to make note that at this time where we are severely challenged in a growing number of states around the country, but this is a moment to reflect on something that is so very important, and that is this is Thanksgiving week. Now, for much of the world, uh, this is not a holiday that they recognize or appreciate here in this country. And so for those who are listening from outside our borders, I hope you at least share in the spirit of this opening comment. Uh, I will say more at the end of the podcast today about being thankful, but there are two groups of individuals that I want to dedicate this podcast to on this very special week. First, I dedicate this podcast to all the families and family members that want to be together this week, but can't be. And whether it's because of COVID, because of the challenges about mixing and mingling vaccinated and unvaccinated uh, divisions and families that may occur over that, or it's because just travel and distance doesn't make it possible to be together, I dedicate this podcast to you. The fact that there may be lonely moments, there may be challenged moments coming up this week, but that in fact, wouldn't it be wonderful if one day we could all be together, we could all feel one and the same of thankfulness for being together. I also dedicate this week's podcast to those healthcare workers who on this Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, will be taking care of more than 50,000 people who are hospitalized in this country with COVID. Something that none of them want to be doing. And we surely don't want those patients in the hospital, but the reality is they're there. I have previously dedicated several podcasts and have made numerous comments about the critical gift that these healthcare workers here in the United States, but also throughout the world provide us in terms of their care. Without question, they are among the greatest heroes of this pandemic. And one day many of them will be, I hopefully, recognized for being part of a new greatest generation. One that basically provided such dedicated service during a time of such need. For all of you healthcare workers that can't be home on Thanksgiving Day preparing the meal, can't be sharing moments with loved ones because you're on the job taking care of these many thousands of people, so many who are critically, critically ill. So, thank you to you. So, I dedicate this again to the family members and the families that can't be together, to the healthcare workers who won't be with their families for much of Thanksgiving because they'll be working. And thank you to you so very, very much.
0: So, Mike, we'll get right to it. Here in the U.S., the number of people traveling this Thanksgiving looks like it's going to be closer to pre-pandemic levels than it was last year, but COVID-19 cases are once again climbing. With the upper Midwest and the highly vaccinated Northeastern states now starting to see the type of transmission that occurred in the southern states over the summer. How concerned are you about the coming weeks? Well, as you know, Chris, we as a podcast
1: team have had several discussions throughout the past month to determine what our plans should be for this week's episode. Seeing it as a holiday week here in the U.S., with many of our listeners ready to celebrate Thanksgiving we are seriously considering taking a week off from the podcast and picking up again next week. However, as I already noted, what we've been describing the past several episodes with growing activity throughout multiple regions of the country continues to play out. I've said it before, but what is happening right now in this latest chapter of the pandemic is, for lack of a better term, dynamic. Consequently, I think there's a lot of uncertainty and confusion about where we're headed with COVID in the U.S. in the upcoming weeks. That being the case, we ultimately decided that it would be worthwhile providing an abbreviated episode of the podcast to address what we've seen take place over the past week. Now I can tell you from up front that this update won't offer any absolutes. I don't think it'll come close to answering the countless questions that a lot of us have but I hopefully will shed some light on where I think we are at this week and with the approaching Thanksgiving holiday. So what's new? Well, at the time of last week's episode, average daily cases in the U.S. were just over 85,000. Now, as of this Monday, the number has grown to nearly 94,000 cases a day. So over the last two weeks, cases in this country have risen 27%. Hospitalizations are also on their way up. After dipping below 45,000 in early November, we've now found ourselves back in a position where more than 50,000 Americans are hospitalized with this virus. And as expected, we're sadly seeing deaths start to creep up. They've grown by 5% over the past week, with the daily average back up to more than 1,200. So at a time where many of us are craving the Thanksgiving holiday and all the wonderful things that should come with it, like quality time with loved ones, a break from work, and many helpings of food. were clearly trending the wrong way with COVID. On top of that, we know that Thanksgiving is a popular time for travel, and it appears that this year will be no exception. Last week, TSA announced that they were expecting to screen 20 million passengers. Let me repeat that, 20 million passengers at airports across the country over the course of the Thanksgiving travel period, which runs from November 19th through the 28th. Although this estimate isn't quite up to the levels recorded pre-pandemic, it's close. It's also more than double the number of travelers screened last Thanksgiving, which totaled only 9.5 million for the 10-day travel period. What does this mean? I'm not sure. On the one hand, we can look at Thanksgiving last year and take that into consideration. Of course, this was a time when vaccines weren't available to the public, and we didn't have Delta virus on the scene. Daily cases exceeded 170,000, and more than 90,000 Americans were hospitalized. The U.S. House was on fire. In the weeks that followed, we saw sharp spikes in multiple states, including California, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Texas. However, we also saw places like Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Colorado, and Oregon each of which had had notable level of activity in the days leading up to Thanksgiving, seemingly get by without any continued growth. As I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, for whatever reason, cases actually peaked in Colorado, Iowa, and Minnesota just before Thanksgiving and only declined from there. Those were three states with plenty of virus floating around that didn't really seem to be affected by the Thanksgiving holiday. Fast forward to this year and we have widespread access to remarkable vaccines. In fact, 59% of the entire US population is now fully vaccinated. Cases are high, but we're also well below the levels recorded at this point last year. We have options for treatment like monoclonal antibodies and soon even the anticipated arrival of antiviral drugs. Why would I be concerned? Well, one key reason is that we're now dealing with a virus far more infectious than the bug we knew last year. Delta's heightened ability to transmit has been a fundamental game changer and is a large reason why vaccination rates 60, 70, even 80% haven't spared countries from this virus and the disruption that it can cause. I know I've talked about what's been unfolding in Europe many times over the past couple of months and I won't go into too much detail in this episode, but what's happening there is remarkable. It also serves as a warning for us. For example, just this past week, they reported more than 2.4 million cases and 29,500 deaths in Europe. That accounts for two-thirds of all global cases and nearly 60% of global deaths just in the last week. This also means that for the second time in a row, Europe has hit new all-time highs for cases since the start of the pandemic, shattering their pre-Delta peak of just under 2 million cases last November. And while deaths in the European region remain below record highs, which occurred there last winter and peaked at 41,000 in mid-January, they've now increased for 10 consecutive weeks. As a lagging indicator, we clearly haven't reached the ceiling for deaths in Europe from this Delta surge. Of course, the Eastern European region is still bearing the brunt of the surge, with numerous countries there continuing to report some of the world's highest rates of cases and deaths. However, we're seeing more and more Western European countries make their way onto the list of locations with some of the world's highest per capita cases, including Austria, the Czech Republic, the Netherlands, Belgium, Ireland, and Denmark, all of which rank in the top 12 globally. Now, even with their higher vaccination rates, many of which dwarf the U.S. rates of 59%, we're seeing Western European countries shift their approach in response to what we're seeing play out. Austria, which had fully vaccinated 66% of its entire population but has the second highest case rate in the world, made news for taking a particularly aggressive response this past week. The country's original plan, which was announced last week and involved a lockdown for unvaccinated residents, has now expanded to a three-week national lockdown for all residents, regardless of vaccination status. In addition, officials there stated that all residents of the country will be required to be vaccinated by February. Other countries have also tightened regulations. Ireland, which has fully vaccinated 76% of its population, announced a curfew for bars and restaurants. Even though a majority of the country is fully vaccinated, public health officials there stated that more than half of the COVID patients in the ICU were unvaccinated. In addition, because of staff shortages, less than 20 ICU beds were available across the entire country yesterday. The Netherlands, where 73% of the residents are fully vaccinated, announced that unvaccinated individuals would be banned from places like restaurants and bars. Similar rules were put in place in the Czech Republic and Slovakia, which have vaccination rates that rank below neighboring countries. The Czech Republic, like us, is at 59%, Slovakia is at 43%. Finally, officials in Germany are also calling for tightened restrictions. The country, which has fully vaccinated 68% of its population, continues to report its highest number of cases since the beginning of the pandemic, and ICUs are really being challenged. Remember, this is Germany. at 68% vaccination levels were at 59%. Although some hospitals in Germany have available beds, they have a major shortage of staff qualified to treat these patients. In fact, an article that was published out of Germany on Monday spoke to this issue, which is being attributed to a familiar feeling of healthcare worker burnout, resignations, and shifts from full time to part time status. As a result, Germany is now down 6,300 ICU beds compared to last year. I could go through examples of other countries there, but I think you get the point. So if you look at what's happening in Europe and don't have concerns, about what that ultimately means for us here in the U.S., you're either a lot smarter than me, or you're wearing an incredible pair of rose-colored glasses. Remember the northeastern states, which really led the U.S. with their above-average vaccination rates, aren't being spared from Delta. With 64% of its population fully vaccinated, New Hampshire has the second-highest case rate in the country today. Cases there which have risen by 56% in the past two weeks are at record highs and hospitalizations are following suit and we expect more in the coming days. Vermont, where nearly three out of every four residents are fully vaccinated, is in a similar boat. The same goes for Maine, which has fully vaccinated 72% of its population. Other states in the region, including Delaware, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, Haven't reached peak highs, but are trending upwards and in some cases quickly. Then you have the Four Corners region of the country, where activity still remains elevated. New Mexico, Colorado, and Arizona all rank among the top 10 states with the highest number of cases per capita. And of course, then there's the upper Midwest. Michigan, which really felt the brunt of the alpha variant this past spring has seen cases grow by 67% over the past two weeks, and is now reporting its highest number of cases to date since the start of the pandemic. On a per capita basis, they lead the U.S. with a rate of 82 cases per 100,000 population, nearly three times higher than the overall national rate of 28 cases per 100,000. Minnesota has the country's third highest rate today, and hospitalization's here are at their highest levels since last year. North Dakota ranks fifth for the highest number of cases per capita. Wisconsin ranks sixth. And although not in the top 10 for case rates, activity is growing in some cases rapidly in Ohio, Indiana, Iowa, Nebraska, and Illinois. Overall, a total of 38 states, including the District of Columbia, have reporting rising cases over the past 14 days. Let me repeat that. Overall, a total of 38 states, including the District of Columbia, have reported rising cases over the past 14 days. 16 of those states have seen cases grow by 40% or more. Hospitalizations have increased in a total of 28 states, with 13 of those reporting increases of 20 or more percent in the past two weeks. So as we approach Thanksgiving, I'm sure there will be many situations where these long-awaited trips and gatherings bring people into contact with this virus. I desperately hope that this somehow doesn't result in widespread transmission. The last thing anyone wants is a wonderful holiday weekend, later ruined by the news of a family or friend becoming seriously ill or even dying. This is particularly true for those individuals who remain unvaccinated, In fact, updated numbers from the CDC published on Monday showed that as of October 2nd, unvaccinated individuals were 5.8 times more likely to become infected and 13 times more likely to die from COVID compared to fully vaccinated individuals. Of course, we know the risk of death grows with age, so I worry a lot about older individuals who haven't been vaccinated. Even with 86% of the population 65 years and older, now fully vaccinated, that still means there are more than 7.6 million Americans in this age group who are not. In addition, although we've now administered over 36 million booster doses in this country, around 40% of Americans, which comes out to about 120 million residents, were fully vaccinated by June 1st. That means, in fact, well over 80 million Americans who are eligible for a booster have yet to receive it. With waning immunity, how many of these individuals will have protection going into the Thanksgiving holidays? And finally, of children. While they have a lower risk of suffering severe outcomes from infections compared to the adult population, something we've talked about many times, we've seen pediatric cases increase each of the last three weeks. According to the latest report from the American Academy of Pediatrics, there were nearly 142,000 cases in children in the week of November 11th to the 18th. In fact, weekly cases in children haven't dropped below 100,000 since early August. In states like Massachusetts, 5- to 14-year-olds currently have the highest case rates out of all age groups. Right here in Minnesota, cases and hospitalizations for 0 to 11-year-olds are at their highest levels since the start of the pandemic. With such large numbers, we we'll are only seeing more and more tragic outcomes in this population. So there's a lot of virus out there. I'm obviously stating the obvious. Make no mistake about it. We here at SidRap want everyone to enjoy this holiday weekend. Do what you need to make it fulfilling but in a way that reduces the risk for you and for your loved ones getting infected as a result. If you're fully vaccinated and got your third dose, you're already in a solid position. But know your situation. Know what you're comfortable with. Feel empowered. We expect all of you to be back and healthy for our post-pandemic celebration party. That's your assignment.
0: So Mike, again, this is a very quick episode today, uh, but what are your take-home messages and your closing thoughts? My
1: take-home message, which unfortunately has been repeated in far too many episodes in recent months, is that this pandemic is not done with us yet. I see a world right now that wants so badly to be done with the pandemic, and many people are acting like that's the case. When I walk around Minnesota today, and I see what's happening in bars and restaurants, social events, concerts, uh, crowds indoors. I look at that and I say to myself, does anybody know that there's a pandemic going on? And surely the last thing I want to be is someone that holds back people from moving on with their lives. But I just want to be sure that they're around to have their life four or five, six months from now. And so the message is, we still need to be cautious. Now, if you're fully vaccinated and you have your booster in particular, for most people who don't have a serious underlying comorbidity that might put you at increased risk for serious illness, you've done a lot to protect yourself. That's another take home message, get vaccinated. And for those who are looking at first time vaccinations, um, it's not too late. If you've made it this far without getting infected, don't keep attempting to gamble with your life. Your kids, adults, grandparents, please get your kids vaccinated. We're seeing ever increasing numbers of severely ill kids with COVID. We're also seeing them transmit the virus. So the second take home message, now's the time to get those kids five and older vaccinated. And then finally, understand for yourself what it is that makes you feel protected. And do not, do not feel embarrassed or somehow lacking power to make that happen. So the three take-home messages today, one, the pandemic's not done. Two, that we have to understand that that means what we do in our behavior still has everything to do with our risk of getting infected. And the fact is vaccines are still a remarkable, remarkable tool. Not perfect, but remarkable. If you are eligible to get the booster, get it, that will help make that even again a more remarkable tool. I can't imagine there are too many who would want to hear anything I have to say if you've not been vaccinated yet. But if you haven't been vaccinated, and you're listening, please get vaccinated, even if it's not for yourself, for your loved ones, for your friends, for your colleagues. So to me, that's the most important take-homes right now on this Thanksgiving week. So let me close this shortened podcast with a very personal and heartfelt message. This has been tough. This has been very tough. Today, again, lots of numbers, But as I say every week, never forget. These are our grandfathers and grandmothers, our moms and our dads, our brothers and our sisters, our colleagues, our kids. Um, That's something we must always remember. And as part of my concluding comments, I hope you all can feel the thankfulness that I have. And all of us, as part of the podcast team, for spending the last year with you since last Thanksgiving. I'm very, very thankful as we all are. You have been an amazing group of people who have provided us with so much support, so much feedback, so much understanding of what this pandemic is really all about so that we might better understand ourselves and help support you and what you're experiencing. I am a very thankful man. And as we now are in the Thanksgiving week, I want to take this moment to express my thanks. There are many, many individuals who are listening to this podcast, which I owe a great deal. Your support has been so important to me and all the podcast team over the past year. In particular, I'd like to thank my partner and my Rock Fern for all of her support through a very, very difficult year. I want to thank our five kids, their spouses and partners our six grandchildren, my extended family and Fern's extended family, my Sidrap family, a team that is truly professionally and personally so meaningful to my life. And I also wanna thank all my friends and colleagues who have been here through thick and thin over the course of this past year. I have so much to be thankful for in this Thanksgiving Day week. I hope all of you can find in your hearts that same kind of recognition and understanding of just how important it is to be thankful. And I hope all of you can take a moment to reflect, even with all the pain and suffering of the last year, even the challenges that we've experienced because of what this pandemic has done to our worlds, those who have had other health problems, not COVID, but yet serious life-threatening health problems, those who have lost loved ones in the last year, but thankful that they were ever in your life, Now's the time for us all to be thankful, even if it's only for a moment. Find time this week to just take a step back out of life and think to yourself, what are all the things I have to be thankful for? And you know what? I know there are more than most of us routinely think about if we just take time to remember. So just please know I never take for granted the gift that you are to me and to our team. And during this Thanksgiving week, you will be one of those moments in my heart where I'm thankful. So be safe. Be kind. Stay tuned. This is not done. We'll be here next week again with the routine version of the podcast. But in the meantime, know that we're thinking of you and we are thankful.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Ostrom Update. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to keep up with the latest COVID 19 news by visiting our website, sidrap.umn.edu. This podcast is supported in part by you, our listeners. If you would like to donate, please go to sidrap.umn.edu forward slash donate now. The Ostrom Update is produced by Maya Peters, Corey Anderson, Angel Ulrich, Meredith R. P. and Sydney Redpenny.